Well, hey there, friends. Welcome back to the show. We are in episode number two of the Happy Holiday Eating mini-series. If you are just now joining the show, what's up? I'm Jess. I'm your host, and I'm so, so glad y'all are here today. We have a great time on the show. We talk a lot about debunking nutrition lies and myths and swapping them for science-backed nutrition while learning to filter them through our own values. I call it empowered eating. Friends, if you're not new and you're returning, Thanks for coming back. I love having you back. I love the honor of getting to be in your ear every week. And my hope is that this encourages you guys to live this empowered eating life. Just a quick shout out to anyone who has taken a minute to leave me a review. Thank you so much. It means the world to me. This week, I had a review from a listener, Jessica Smith 0206. She said, hey, Jess, it's Jess, to which I say, what's up, Jess? Great name. <laughs> she said, I look forward to hearing you, hearing from you every week. Your perspective is helping me to change my thinking around food, and I'm so grateful for what you do. Thank you. Jessica Smith, thank you for your kind words. It is something that means so much to me, and knowing that this podcast helps you is encouraging to me. I'm passionate to be here for you all, but those reviews and hearing how the show impacts you, it pours fuel on my fire. So thank you, Jessica Smith. If y'all haven't given me a review yet, I would so appreciate it. Pause this episode real quick. Go over to iTunes. Scroll on down. You can click leave a review and let me know what you think of the show. Okay, today we are talking about how to politely decline foods when we want to say no. This is especially important coming into the holiday season because food is everywhere. <laughs> it's in the break room. It's at home. Our neighbors are bringing it over. I mean, it is a love language in our culture and it's everywhere. So we have to be able to feel confident in where we want to say yes and where we want to say no to these foods so we can stick to our empowered eating lifestyle. When we have the power to say no, we have the freedom to say yes to what we really, really want. Now, this is for all my people pleasers out there. Any of you people pleasers? Hello. I'm raising my hand because I am too. I always say I'm a recovering people pleaser. Nice to meet you. Here we are talking about the how to say no framework. So this is something that if you struggle to say no to things because you're worried about disappointing people, you don't want to hurt other people's feelings, I get it. I'm right there with you. But learning how to say no is something that's really, really important. It's so valuable because it allows us to say yes to the things that matter most to us. Guys, this is something that's popped up in my life a lot the last few weeks. It's not even the holidays yet. But my husband, for example, he's so sweet. He actually makes my lunch for me. And he's been doing this for the last couple of years. But the last few weeks, he's made me lunch and I'll get home and he'll say, babe, did you eat your lunch that I made you? And if I say no, Ooh, his feelings are so, so hurt. And I've had to learn how to say no politely, kindly, and considering his feelings. And I have good news. We were both okay. He took it so well. And I was able to voice why some days I didn't need him to make me lunch. And we are still here, right? Baby steps. And so that's what we're going to talk about doing here today. Because believe me, I love my husband. And I love that he makes me lunch. But sometimes... His lunch just doesn't line up with my day. <laughs> I need to learn how to confidently say no to that. So we are talking about boundaries today, babes. You guys in? Who else needs help with boundaries? I've got two steps on how to say no nicely, of course, and draw the boundaries with food this holiday season. Hey, awesome. Yeah, I'm talking to you. I know you're ready to stop falling into diet culture traps 
and finally put together a realistic plan on how to boost your energy, you might feel stuck because you can't quite kick the chocolate habit. The whole body love thing isn't getting the job done. Or maybe you're at an impasse because you are pushing it in the gym, but you can't figure out how and what to eat. How many times have you Googled best diet and found that the latest trend has failed you? Hey girl, I'm Jess registered dietitian, wife, mama, and total science and nutrition research junkie. I too used to be stuck in the cycle of insecurity and never feeling like my body was good enough. Then I tried to fix it with food only to end up right back where I started. I did some really hard work. I found food freedom, but then I was confused on how to eat healthy and get fit without falling back into diet culture crazy. I wish someone would have taught me the difference between discipline and obsession. I wanted to be the healthiest version of myself by balancing healthy eating with food freedom. Like how do I actually eat healthy, get fit, and have donuts with my kids? It wasn't until I figured out this awesome balance between discipline and permission, the art of intentional eating with sprinkles of flexibility. The empowered eating model was born. Here on the show, we nix diet culture while creating values-based health goals. We reconnect with how our body responds to food through biofeedback, all the while figuring out a plan on how to get healthy and fit without sacrificing the most meaningful parts of life. Sustainability doesn't mean never eating your favorite foods again. I mean, pizza is life, right? (laughs) We are here to finally not just feel comfortable, but confident in our body. I am so excited to fuel your awesome with empowered eating. Head on over to JessBrownRD.com and grab my three steps to empowered eating guide totally free. Or hop onto my e-course, Food Foundations, to get the step-by-step deets on how I got here. All right, you ready to take your inner awesome to the next level? So grab that cup of coffee, lace up those running shoes, because girl, it's time to go. All right, sisters, I am so excited to talk about this. Boundary setting and learning how to kindly decline is crucial because like I mentioned in the intro, it keeps space for us in our own life to stick to what we have decided to do with food and exercise. I love talking about this topic when it comes to food for a couple of reasons. Number one, I believe it's empowering. It keeps the power in our hands. When we learn to say yes and no to the foods that best support our body, It tremendously contributes to letting go of guilt because we are standing confident in our own choices and we don't find ourselves in positions where we're saying yes to food we don't really want to say yes to. And then we kind of don't know what to do with the next meal because, you know, we're full and we're trying to listen to our biofeedback and yet we know we still need to eat more protein. Like it just creates a spiral effect. So I love it because it's empowering and keeps the power in our own hands. And then number two, Can I go deeper for just a second? I believe what we practice on our plate, we learn to exhibit in our life. So let me say that again. What we practice on our plate, we learn to exhibit in our life. Empowered eating, I believe it's truly, truly life-changing, not just because it teaches us how to eat, but it can also teach us, like, it's a doorway to better living. There's a woman by the name of Janine Roth. She wrote the book, Women, Food, and God. It's an amazing read, but she sums this up beautifully. She says, the way we eat is inseparable from your core beliefs about being alive. Your relationship with food is an exact mirror of your feelings about love, fear, anger, meaning, and transformation. I could not agree more that the way we eat, it's inseparable from our core beliefs, which is why I believe so strongly in pulling values into our food choices. I mean, it might sound silly to think, like, Jess, how does, you know, my value of family or faith relate to that candy bar? But 
it truly does have so many connections and parallels that when we start to see this layer, it is incredibly life-changing. So often we focus our energy on food and body that it can actually become obsessive. I mean, we've all been there, right? Where we're obsessed over the latest diet, the latest trend, counting macros. I believe when we're doing this, we are funneling our energy into something that feels fixable. So in other words, we divert our emotion onto our feelings about our food and body. At face value, it feels easier to fix our body than it does to like do the hard things in life. And so we use food as a coping tool, be it binging or restriction, we're using food as a coping tool. So while I believe this to be true from like the negative angle, I also believe it to be true from the positive side. When we learn empowered eating, we are learning empowered living. Truly, this empowered eating model can be applied anywhere. I mean, the empowered eating model in and of itself, it's that Venn diagram, visualize this at the top, the top circle is going to be values. The left circle is biofeedback or what our body says about food, and the right bottom right circle is nutrition science. And we layer those one on top of the other to become empowered eaters. I modify this model for all things in my life. So for parenting, it's values, intuition, and responsibility. For career, it's values, dreams, and strategy for success. Like this can be repurposed for other areas of in our life. So I think it's pretty cool how this model can be reshaped and Honestly, this is the fav- my favorite part about my job is when people start to live out empowered eating and they realize that through a deeper connection with their body and food, they are able to have a deeper connection with their life. It's almost like what we practice on our plate, we can live out better in our lives. And when we practice values on our plate, we can practice values in our career, in our parenting. When we practice mindfulness on our plate, we can practice mindfulness with our friends, with our coworkers with our kids. It's it's really a cool thing to see it come full circle. And when I see my clients do this, I have to pinch myself. <laughs> and I've lived this. I mean, that's why I'm here today doing the things I'm doing is because I've gone through this transition of body hate and feeling insecure in my body and trying to fix my body and obsessing about food. Like I've lived there for so long. And then when I started living, empowered eating, it really spilled over into my life. And I now live, I I believe I live empowered, not perfect, but it definitely gave me a framework to make some serious changes, not only on my plate, but in my life. Okay. You can take off your scuba gear. (laughs) We went super deep there. If you're thinking, oh, Jess, I want this empowered eating life. And I just don't really know how to get there. Like it sounds beautiful, but What are the steps? Friends, don't worry. I have all these resources for you over at JessBrownRD.com. You can learn more about the Empowered Eating Model in that self-paced e-course I have for you, Food Foundations, or I'd love to walk with you one-on-one as your personal coach. But as for today, we are starting this conversation about empowered eating and continuing the Happy Holiday Eating Series with Boundary Setting, how to say no to foods you don't want so you can say yes to the ones that you do. Quick disclaimer here, this specific episode is intended to be your permission slip to say no out of empowered eating, not out of restriction. I want to be really clear about this up front. There are many people who could take these tactics I'm about to say and twist them to be restrictive or continue some of their disordered eating. So a quick litmus test for this is if you say no to food out of fear of what the food might do to your body, you are saying no 
out of food restriction and food rules. And in that case, we need to have a different conversation. Maybe you should pause it right now (laughs) because I don't want to fuel any restriction here. This framework is intended for you who might feel obligated to eat certain foods over the holidays because it's there or someone made it for you. Maybe it's someone you love, like my husband making me lunch. (laughs) Or maybe you have this mentality like you have to eat it now because you may not get the chance to eat it again. It's a seasonal food. This is your one chance to eat it all year. All these reasons don't necessarily fit into the empowered eating model. So I want to walk you through how to say no when you're eating out of like the scarcity mindset, not if you're trying to use no as a tool for restriction. So clear on that? Okay. So for those of us that are learning to say no, because we want to say no, but we just don't know how, step number one is, it's a quick lesson on disappointing people. (laughs) When we say no to something, especially food, there's a chance we are going to disappoint someone. Food, as I said, it's that love language. And so often we express our love through food. I mean, I do it. I made pumpkin cookies last week and took them to my office and, you know, spread them around to everybody. And here's the thing, though. When we feel confident in our own choices, we don't take it personal when other people say no to us. So (laughs) I did not take it personal when a few of the folks said no thank you. But it is a love language, right? Like it is something we like to do to share with others. So here's the good news on this. Yes, there is a chance we may disappoint someone, but we get to decide who we are going to disappoint. And it actually gets easier over time. In one of my all-time favorite books, Present Over Perfect, if y'all haven't read it, you download it now on Audible. It is so good. I've, I think I've honestly read it probably 10 times. <laughs> and sometimes I'll just pick it up and read one of the chapters. It's a book built on stories, so you don't have to read it consecutively from page one to the end. You can just pick it up and read it. But anyways, Shauna Nyquist is the author, and she's just just a brilliantly talented, gifted author. Um, she says that in order to feel comfortable saying no and disappointing people, we need this one thing. Actually, two things. <laughs> what you need along the way is a sense of God's deep, unconditional love and a strong sense of your own purpose. Without these two things, you'll need from people what is only God's to give, And you'll give up on your larger purpose in order to fulfill smaller purposes on other people's purposes. Let me say that one more time. What you need along the way is a sense of God's deep, unconditional love and a strong sense of your own purpose. Without those two, you'll need from people what is only God's to give and you will give up on your larger purpose in order to fulfill smaller purposes or other people's purposes. How this applies to our plate is that we need a deep sense of our own definition of health and our goal and our mission and how we want to take care of our body. If you're thinking, that sounds great, but how do I figure that out, friends? I have an entire module of this. This is the second module in Food Foundations where we redefine health, and I actually walk you through exercises and journaling that helps you get on solid ground here. It is so crucial because in any health journey, learning to say no to food when it doesn't fit your goal is a link in the chain that we need it to be solid. And in order for it to be solid, we have to be standing on solid ground. So we have to have a clear definition of our mission. This actually just showed up for me last week. We had two kids' birthday parties back-to-back two days in a row, and my husband and I had our date night. So this meant um, two pizzas at each of the kids' birthday parties. And then, of course, when my husband and I go out, we, we have delicious food and drinks and Uh, I just, you know, eat whatever the heck I want on those date nights. But that's a lot in three days. 
If I think about eating a pretty heavy meal and then two pizza nights with no veggies and lots and lots of cheese, it just, you know, I know what that's going to do. I'm not going to feel great when I wake up super early in the morning to go to the gym and push my body. Now, when I look at those three, obviously I'm not sacrificing the date night with my husband. That's where I want to say yes. But those pizzas, now, they're not something that I totally love. Don't get me wrong. I, I do love pizza. But when I have pizza, I want that delicious, like, high-quality made tomato sauce with seasoning. Here in New Mexico, we really like green chili on our pizza. Have you all ever tried that? So good. <laughs> so good. I like to have that with some pineapple. And then I prefer to dip it in this locally made ranch dressing. It's just mm, so delicious. But that is not what was being offered at these birthday parties. What was being offered was like the kind of pizza that has, you know, like almost no tomato sauce, only one kind of cheese. There was no green chili, pineapple, or ranch dressing available. <laughs> just not something that I know I would enjoy. And on top of that, I know eating that heavy of a carb and cheese meal makes me feel really tired. And so I have less energy to go throughout the day. I mean, to each their own, their pizza preferences, but this one was not mine. So I politely declined in both situations. The first one, it actually came with a lot of questions and some pushback. Like, what, you don't eat pizza? Oh, is this not healthy enough for you? I hate when people say that as a dietitian. They're like, oh, so it's not healthy enough for you? It's very presumptuous. <laughs> I'm like, no, if you only knew, I just, I decide what I want to eat. I don't just eat whatever's in front of me. But it makes me feel uncomfortable when they ask those sorts of questions. So what I did is I answered as generically as possible, said something along the lines of like, oh, yeah, I already ate, like kind of swept it under the rug. But then I, I appreciated what they were doing. I said, I already ate, but I so appreciate you having pizza. Look at my kids. I know they are loving it because they were. I mean, my boys love themselves some Chuck E. Cheese pizza. <laughs> and then I would quickly change the subject. I know I probably disappointed them. Um, they probably had some thoughts or assumptions about me. But at the end of the day, I had the energy I wanted to because I fueled my body the way I know how to best fuel it. So while I may have disappointed them, I stayed true to my own needs, my own goals. And I didn't disappoint myself because I stayed true to that or my family because I took quality care of my body and had the energy I wanted to have at the end of the day. And that's really the end of story. So uh, step number one is Getting acquainted or comfortable, more comfortable, I guess I shouldn't say totally comfortable, but more comfortable with the idea of disappointing people. Because when we do that, we are, I mean, we're always going to disappoint someone if we say yes or no to anything, right? And it's just learning to disappoint the people that maybe don't hold as much clout in our lives as like yourself and your family. Okay, step number one. That quick lesson on disappointing people. <laughs> Step number two is finding the words to politely decline. Like this is the action part. This is where we learn to say no. I once heard this quote that no is a complete sentence. And I love that in theory, but that's really, really hard for me. I don't think I've ever just said no and like nothing else. <laughs> I at least like to add thank you. So I, I think I may have said, oh, no, thank you and stopped there. But even so, I I tend to be one of those that struggles because like, I want to add an explanation. I want to explain something. And that's the people-pleasing side of me. Like, I want to preserve someone's feelings because I know when they're offering me something or offering me food, they're doing it because they put time and energy into it. So 
While this is an option, you can simply say, no, thank you. You don't need to explain. You don't have to tell them that you're going out to eat later or that you already had dessert. I do understand this one can be more difficult. Although if you can do this, more power to you. (laughs) But if this is a little bit more challenging, I've got some other options for you here. Try this. I am deeply honored that you made this for me. Unfortunately, my current health circumstances require that I pass at this time. Now that's a mouthful and you can mold that into your own like language and your own style. But I think what it captures is we acknowledge how honored we are that they offered this to us. But we let them know that our current situation requires that we can't have it. So I'm deeply honored that you made this for me. Unfortunately, my current health circumstances require that I pass at this time. Who's going to argue with that, right? You're like, health circumstances? Ooh, that sounds serious. In fact, they might ask, like, what are your health circumstances? And then you can decide to answer that or not. (laughs) Another one would be, thank you so much for the thought you've put into this. Well, I'd love to. I have health focuses that won't allow me to eat this at this time. Again, like who's going to argue with that? That is a, we acknowledge them. Thank you for the thought. While I'd love to. So it's saying like, I appreciate what you're trying to give me, but I have these focuses that won't allow me to do this at this time. And then the final one, this is for those who are a little bit more animated in their conversation. We could say, oh, this looks so delicious. I am unable to partake, but I know so many others are enjoying this. Again, it's like, they, they, how do they argue with How do you come back from that? They're just kind of like, oh yeah, I mean, it does look delicious. Okay. Well, see you later. Have a nice day. Right? Like end of story. And then of course, and finally, this is your last resort. This is the option that is reserved for those that are close to you that are food pushers. Those are the people that are like your sweet aunt Shirley or your husband, which is funny. I'll I'll, hold on. I'll tell you the. I'll finish the story about my husband making me lunches here in a second. But this one is reserved for the people that you really love and disappointing them. Like they're so close to you, disappointing them actually disappoints you. So what you can always do is simply say thank you. I will take it to go, and you make no promises of what you're going to do with that food. Maybe you will have it later when your body's hungry and you have more physical space for that food. Or perhaps you might have a little bit because you want to taste it, but you know you don't need the whole thing. Or you might pass it on. Or dare I say, dare I say this, if you have something that you don't want to eat, it doesn't serve your goals, friends, you can throw it away. And I know, I know that is so controversial because we don't want to waste food. We feel guilty wasting it. But sometimes when we have food and we're just eating it to eat it and it's not fueling our body, it's this idea of like, where are we wasting it? Are we wasting food in the trash or are we wasting it in our body? And it's something to think about when we're considering getting rid of a food but have guilt with it is what purpose is it serving in my body? Am I actually like using the food appropriately by eating it? No, sometimes we're still wasting it in our body. Okay, did I say that? Some of that some of that might feel uncomfortable to y'all, but um, hopefully it helps some of you have that permission to to pass on food and not just eat it because it's there. Okay, so I want to end with this story about my husband because I started there told y'all he made me food and he's so sweet but he he's hispanic which for those of you who don't know the hispanic culture food is a big part of their love language like it is you can't leave 
<laughs> someone who's Hispanic, you don't leave their house without food if they love you. It's just part of what they do. So he told me, he said, babe, when you don't eat my lunch, you offend the Hispanic side of me. <laughs> He's like, I love you. And I make you this lunch because I'm taking care of you. So I just looked at him and I said, okay, babe, I, you know, I love you so much. I appreciate it. I know your mornings are full. So I, I took the time to acknowledge the work and love he was putting into it. And then I explained why. I said, sometimes my days are super busy or I have to eat with my clients because I'm trying to support them. And when I do that, I don't want to pull out like the salad you made for me. Like I want to be in the moment with my clients. So my day doesn't allow me to always eat the food you prepare for me. Would you rather me lie to you? (laughs) I just straight up asked him. And you know what he said? He's like, yes, just tell me you ate it. So we have established a code in this house, in the brown house. When my husband makes me lunch, I just tell him it was delicious. Whether I ate it that day or the next day or or I didn't eat it at all. (laughs) So anyways, all that to say, friends, you are in the power of what you say yes and no to eating this holiday season. Step number one on learning to say no is understanding that we might disappoint people, but in doing so, we are saying yes to ourselves. And then number two is finding the words to actually say it out loud. I shared some of my favorites with you. Those will also be on my Instagram. And you know what? I would love to know if you guys had any ways to say this. Go ahead and tag comments. Tag me on social media. I'd love to share that because I think we all can relate and feel that pressure to not hurt people's feelings when it comes to this. But there's so much food everywhere this holiday season. I mean, if we said yes to everything, oh my gosh, we would feel terrible. I just, I know how many cookies are presented to me on December 1st through December 31st. And if I ate everyone or tried everyone, I would not be feeling good come January 1st. So learning how to do this, and I think we can help each other by sharing some of the language we use can, you know, help us get over some of the disappointing people because it's hard. And really that just speaks to, I think, your heart because you care so much about other people and taking care of their feelings, but it's not always our responsibility. All right, friends, I hope you feel empowered by this. I hope it helps you say no to the foods you don't actually want this holiday season so you can say yes to the foods you do want. And by doing that, we say yes to our own bodies, taking care of our own bodies, boosting our energy and our health all holiday season long. Friends, we have one more episode in the Happy Holiday Eating Series. Next week, I'm going to be talking about weight gain. What happens if we gain weight over the holidays, how to handle it, how to manage it, how to shift our mindset around it. It is something I think a lot of us fear, and I'm really excited to unpack it with you guys. Hope you have a beautiful, blessed day. Cheers, friends, and happy holiday eating. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope it strengthened your food journey and empowered you to live boldly in your body. Real quick, sister, before you go, if you liked today's episode, the best way you can thank me is head on over to iTunes, Fuel Her Awesome Podcast, leave a review, and subscribe. Then take a screenshot and share it on your social media. Don't forget to tag me at JessBrownRD. And if you're looking for more resources, be sure to check out my website, JessBrownRD.com. I've got info on my e-course, Fuel Her Awesome, Food Foundations, my 10-step ebook on how to beat body bullying, and so much more. I cannot wait to chat with you babes again. Until next time, cheers and happy eating.